I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Chocolate. It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? Hello and welcome to the latest Spool.ie podcast, clickety-click 66. So we're now into pension years, we're getting the pension. Um, Is it 66? It's still not 66. I think so, the working, yeah. oh maybe it's next time, maybe we should do another one. <laughs> anyway, coming up we'll be chatting about Armando Iannucci's The Death of Stalin, the new Noah Baumbach um, available on Netflix picture, The Mirror of Its Stories. We're talking about Daphne, The Party, Saw, Thor, uh these kind of things Rampart. jigsaw yeah. yeah um anyway first of all we'll just pause for a moment uh, for the uh, death of Yusuf Vissarionovich Jugashvili aka Stalin Stalin's dead he's dead Stalin is dead oh my god our general secretary is lying in a puddle of indignity yeah, he's feeling unwell clearly I want to make a speech at my father's funeral um no problem Technically, yes, but practically. When I said no problem, what I meant was no problem. Ignore me. Yeah, so there we had a clip from The Death of Stalin, the new film from Armando Anucci. Yeah, out this weekend. Yeah, much anticipated. Yeah, and a lot of posters, a lot of trailers, a lot of push, big push. Um, And everybody probably, if you don't know, he's kind of given us TV shows the thick of it. Uh, Veep, and then he in the loop, which was kind of like a film version of in the thick of it. Yeah, uh, really funny man. This and also kind of the Alan Partridge. Like on Drive Time, they were like the man behind Alan Partridge, and I was like, I think Steve Coogan would have a lot to say about that. But fair enough. Yeah, I suppose you don't really associate him with that at all. Um, so yeah, very big comedic figure, and this follows very much in the vein. If you kind of see the trailer, it'll kind of have that kind of Veep, very fast paced, constantly walking talking very cutthroat very dark the film is insanely black humor um which i think kind of jarred i think i saw some reactions on twitter and stuff where they were like oh this is really funny but like it's a bit too close to the bone or it's a bit tonally bland i'm like "Mm, it's kind of the whole point of it also it's to do with the death of stalin so like it does it does it feel like it's kind of could be about a contemporary leader is it like a period i I haven't seen it just yeah it kind of feels like the insanity so we have um uh, Adrian McLaughlin plays Stalin and the thing with the film and you would have heard in the clip there all the actors uh, keep their own native ac- accent Yeah. so you've got Jeffrey Tambor who Jason Isaacs is yeah. a little bit tweaked off isn't he? yeah but he's still he's not middle. Russian he's, he's still like yeah, yeah like a Liverpoolian Birmingham kind of accent uh, Jeffrey Tambor keeps his American accent a really funny moment in that where he's like you know kiss my Russian ass and you're like nah that's kind of funny <laughs> Um, so it all resolve, revolves around Stalin dying and then we have this power grab between the the actor Simon Russell Beale, who's brilliant. He plays Leventry uh, Beria, who's kind of like the mastermind figure who's been waiting for this moment all along and instantly is kind of like burning files, like getting people, like coursing people, getting everyone together versus Steve Buscemi, who plays uh, Nikita Khrushchev. And then he kind of is kind of trying to get Michael Palin who plays Molotov and different it's all this power grab and it's frantically going around you also have Stalin's children who are hilariously funny because there's that thing of just like oh they're gonna get killed and it is there is an insane amount it's quite violent at times and really brutal and out of nowhere where someone just gets like shot in the head and um 
I think that jarred with people. But to me, it was just like, that's probably how it was and is. Yeah, well, I mean, famously, Trotsky killed with a big ice pick to the head, right? And then one of the main opponents of Mr. Stan. So. so it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a very funny joke about Trotsky in it. Um, so, yeah, it, I love that. If you like the, if you like the thick of it. Um, the energy and this buzzy kind of. Really vibrant, really yeah. acerbic. Super funny, super, super funny, amazing lines of dialogue. Like, there's a hilarious line of dialogue when three guys are in the back of a car and they're plotting everything in one of the characters. It's actually um, Dermot Crowley, uh, Irish actor. He goes, um, I've had nightmares that made more sense than this. And they're just, like, absolute zingers like that. Um, comes in at a good hour. I think it's about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. So the perfect length for a comedy. And you're just like, yeah, perfect. Who's the best? Like, that's a phenomenal cast. If you, if you Do you think any of these guys are going to end up with a bit of a award? Probably at the BAFTAs, maybe? English? I or hope. Do you think any of them are going to be credited? I kind of think maybe Jeffrey Tambor is going to get a bit more, will maybe get the most credit because he's one of the bigger actors at the moment. But to me, it's not him. It's maybe... Uh, Steve Buscemi and um, Simon Russell Beale they are fantastic and it's great to see Michael Palin in there there's I won't tell much about his story but there's a real uh, kind of ridiculous communist kind of element to that like to me this kind of sits up there with um, Dr. Strangelove and satires of that level you know it yeah. really is kind of no perfect I couldn't fault it at all so out of five five stars five stars yeah holy moly yeah. I'm gonna sit down yeah um, wow, okay. So, so it opens most cinemas this weekend, so definitely catch it. Yeah, excellent. Um, another one then that uh, has gotten a lot of crit- a lot of critical positivity around it um, is a film that, if you're in America, in LA, maybe you get to see in the cinema, but here we don't oh, have Oh, got a cinema release, kind of. I think it will have just to qualify for oh, um, awards. Awards, yeah. So this played at Cannes, and it's uh, the Noah Baumbach film, The Mirror of Its Stories, bracket, new and selected, close bracket. So um, this is his his uh, latest film since what? Greta, uh, no, what was his last film? Yeah. Um just trying to think. We've to me anyway. Th- th- he's he's made you know from in terms of Francis Ha and going down that kind of route, uh, and Greenberg and stuff. Mistress America. Yeah, and this was a, th- yes, this was a nod back to the Squid and the Whale for me. Back to New York. Back to dealing with creative families. Back to dealing with kind of anxious problematic siblings and parent um dynamics so um and that's a, a that, that's from from what 2005 or something so 12 years old um anyway so it tells the story of uh Harold Merowitz and uh his adult children they're played by Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller and Elizabeth Marvel. Uh, do you know Elizabeth Marvel? She's been in Homeland. I don't know if oh, Okay, no, she seems very familiar. I um I'm watching a TV show called Baskets where Zach Galifianakis plays Caroline yeah. and she seems like she was from that world but she's not in it as far yeah. as I know but yeah. Anyway, so Justin Hoffman playing uh, the dad and then his his three kids. He is a sort of semi-successful failed sculptor who seems to be most successful just because of the fact he bought a really good New York apartment in the 70s. It's now worth like millions. That'll sustain them. So, it's an amazing looking house. Yeah, they're planning a retrospective of some of his work. Um, he did lecturing, isn't that the main thing? Like, So he worked yeah, in he university. Yeah, he kind of lectured for like 30 now, years. And his granddaughter is there. So anyway, they're now looking at his work and reappraising it. And the kids are kind of like involved and... It puts a lot of strain on them, and then he falls ill as a result of it. I don't think that's a spoiler, but uh, and then the kids are like, "Oh God, is he going to die? Are we going to do the? Should we do the exhibition? Is anyway like what would he have wanted? Also, oh God, we all hate each other. We all have this 
three he, he has four wives i think he's on his fourth wife and there's all these w- crazy kind of dynamics like it would call to mind a lot of the like woody allen new york kind of pictures as well in terms of that energy um i thoroughly enjoyed it now the annoying thing the most bothersome part of all this is that i watched it in two sittings at home oh, okay yeah. like in two different homes mm. actually my sister's house in Nimo, and like, that's just the nature of it like kind it's ruins, so yeah. depressing that yeah. like one of the formative directors of our era has a film that is only available like i have no problem as well like dustin yeah. hoffman and then because i wasn't aware that um emma thompson no had... yeah she's in it too but like i knew oh, sorry uh zoolander Oh yeah, Ben Stiller. I didn't realize yeah. Ben Stiller was in it, and then he appears on screen as the brother, yeah. and I was like, "What? He's, he's in, in the he's, he's kind of in chapter two of the yeah. whole thing. It just it just depresses me a little bit. I've 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 no problem with Netflix. I idolize what Netflix do and everything, but I wish that they would pair theatrical releases with this. Like this would have been great, even if it was only a week in the lighthouse. I just mm. wish I could have kind of seen it in that setting, um, because you lose a little bit of that bouncy kind of energy from when, unless you've got like a home cinema, which most of us don't. Yeah, you know? it kind of didn't gel with me as much because. I don't know, I watched it when Storm Field he was on. Oh, he was uh, on the Monday, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of housebound and watching this and I was, it, was, it was kind of driving me up the walls to a degree where it's just like, oh. Like Dustin Hoffman is an absolute asshole in this. And I know he's supposed to be, kind of, but I, I, could, I couldn't really empathise with any of the characters. They were all so like, I felt a lot for Adam Sandler, like as a. I think he's kind of the most sympathetic. It's probably the stuff. the best role he's done since Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, and you remembered that. Oh, you can actually act, but he's kind of reverting to form in that he does this quiet guy who then goes at the end of it. crazy angry. Yeah, and just has his outbursts of like oh, go yeah. nuts. We might take a little bit of uh, music from it. Here's um, Adam Sandler, and then Grace Van Petten plays Eliza, his daughter, just them um, sitting at the piano. It's incredibly hard to find clips for this one. Yeah. Um, so this is this is about it. A little bit of music. He is a kind of failed. I think he seemed to. He could have been a performer in the arts uh, as a piano player, and the anxiety and the stress just like got to him. So he decided to become sort of a stay-at-home dad and become the the parent kind of figure. So here he is. You'll always be my superstar. I also love the dynamic between the, this pair. Um, they're trying to park the car. They have this weird Subaru. Because Carl and I were watching it. And it shot, I think, on 16mm in New York. And a lot of the cars are kind of older. And I was like, I don't know what year this is yeah, for, for the a- intro. For ages. Until he said, uh, text me when you're there. I was like, yeah. oh, the phones. Because yeah. he's, he's got a weird moustache. And I was like, oh, this is Absolutely. the 80s. And the look and feel from it. I was, like, And because of the apartment and the setting, I was like, oh, this is three men and a baby kind of era. Is Tom Selleck? What's going on here? Yeah. Um, I, I did. like I thought this was fantastic. I I'm, I don't know what I give it the full amount of marks. Probably like a four star. And that's simply because of the setting in which I saw it. Yeah. If this, if I'd seen this maybe in, <laughs> in Cannes, or if I'd yeah. seen it at a festival, you'd probably be more inclined to give it the higher marks. But... Um, also, a really good scene. Uh, Judd Hirsch, the guy who was in Independence Day, in a in a film like this. Yeah, he's great. Actually, he plays yeah. L.J., who's another kind of a, a really successful artist, though. And I didn't kind of get the whole vibe with the daughters' videos from college. The movie yeah, they're terrible. Stuff. I, I think they're like, meant to be terrible. But I was just like, this is kind of weird and creepy. And there's lots of like, is that is like, because I couldn't. You hadn't seen the daughter too much, and I was just like, is she the naked one in these films? 
Or is she directing the naked women yeah, in these I thought films? she was directing, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, because I was just like, this is a bit weird. I don't... Yeah. Mm. There's also a zinger of a moment when Sigourney Weaver introduces herself as Sigourney Weaver, and it's very funny. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's to me, it's really, really, um, it's a fantastic film. The best the best Netflix original I've seen in a long time. Came out on the same day as the David Fincher series Mindhunter. Which I've seen one episode of, and yeah, I've been watching three some episodes of, of that now. I just kind of like that there's no big cliffhangers in it; that it's just kind of going along, a bit more episodic, yeah. But yeah. again, I got no problem with with Fincher doing his his thing. That's a TV series; that's fine. But yeah. don't know, don't know how I feel about these uh, other things end up on the telly rather than that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, do you want to talk about the party? Yeah. So the party it came out maybe a week or two ago. No, maybe last week. Um. So it's a new film from Sally Potter, who directed uh, Ginger and Rosa from 2012. Do you remember seeing that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind I of did was... not know that. Mm. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's her latest film. And... Australian? Not sure. Oh, I'm not too yeah. sure, actually, yeah. So, it's uh, only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven characters in the film. It's all real time as such. It's like 71 minutes long, which is yeah. like perfect. Also, it's, it's just as a warning, it's black and white. Black and white. Um, so, uh, Kristen Stott, uh, Thomas plays Janet, and she, we learn pretty quickly, has just been made a minister in the English government. And so it's like, oh, she's celebrating and she's coming a couple of close friends over to celebrate. Timothy Spall is her husband and he is fantastic in this. Then we have another couple, Emily, uh, Emily Mortimer and Cherry Jones, who are like a lesbian couple. Oh, yeah. Cherry Jones, who is also in, in Homeland in 24 and plays president figures. And yeah, she always seems to play lesbians in films. She played okay. lesbian in Transparent, the Amazon series as well. OK. Oh. Um, so they're a couple and Emily Mortimer has just got the news that she is pregnant. I'm pretty sure with triplets. It's not one baby, but it's... it's I think in... Yeah, I saw a clip. Yeah. Um, so and then we have Patricia Clarkson and Bruno Gantz, who are another couple. A.K.A. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> from Downfall. And then Killian Murphy is kind of the rogue who is... Uh, he plays Tom and... He turns up very early. They all land at the same time, and it's kind of inter- interacting. So it is very much like a part, uh, like a play. Uh, we have a wee clip of it here that kind of gives you some of the vibe of it. So everybody, it seems that we are expecting not one, not two, but three babies. Wow, people, small people. Congratulations. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Was that a boast or a, a cry for help, Martha? I couldn't quite tell from your tone of voice. The miracle of conception. Uh, shut up, Godfrey. Listen, I'm going to propose a toast to my oldest, dearest, and most loyal friend who has achieved a rare thing, which is why we're all here this evening, in case anyone forgot. Babies, excuse me. Jenny, Martha, but babies get born every day in extremely large numbers to the point of endangering the planet and all our futures. It's not every day, however, that one of us becomes a minister in your entirely rotten and useless opposition party. Fuck you, April. Though, of course, you're right. What? Great. Nice, um, nice dialogue. Yeah, so it's it's really good, really snappy. I can't talk too much about it because... Oh, so the crux, I'll say this. So Bill, played by um, Timothy Spall, you kind of see it in the trailer where he goes, I have an announcement. So he has an announcement and then the whole uh, film revolves around that and brings everyone into it. And you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. Has a brilliant ending, which I didn't see coming. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. Very good. Um, Is it sad? No. 
Uh, no, it's very funny. And there's lots of... It, it takes you about 10 to 15 minutes because it is quite short, 71 minutes or whatever, to be like, oh, there's actually... Like, you could watch it again. There's tons of stuff going on here. And the couples represent almost different elements of society because the film's called The Party, but it's mm. people getting together, but also she's coming to power. So it's the political party and then it's the country. And it's just like, what do we believe in in society? What are our ethics? How do we view men and women? Like, for such a small film, there it's absolutely jam-packed into it. So it's really good. I'd say it'll probably be in Volta in a couple of weeks, if not already. Yeah, you know, it's it's got a pretty limited release. It it sort of the energy of it reminds me. Oh, I haven't seen it obviously, but I've seen the clips and the trailers. It looks like a, a, a like a feature episode of Frasier or something. Where am I going? Am I? Yeah, you no? could be okay there. Yeah, yeah. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Um, out of five, uh, four, solid four. Jeez, we haven't seen much this month, but we've seen some pretty good stuff. So mm. that goes on my list. Um. Uh, lastly then I'm just going to highlight in terms of the stuff that's kind of in the cinema one that really kind of stuck with me which uh, unfortunately you haven't seen but this is Peter Mackey Burns's. he's a British director his debut feature is called Daphne and it's in the IFI and you can watch it on the BFI player if you want to pretend to be in the UK that's how I got it um, and it's a story of a young woman living and working in South London played by Emily Beecham who looks really like Kelly Riley um, British actress with red hair from the poster you'd be like oh Kelly Riley's new film and then no and in this She's never really made up in the film, so uh, in this particular way to actually look like. So I'm 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 intrigued. I think they did pretend uh, marketing to make people think it was Kelly Riley. Anyway, um, she's in Into the Badlands, which the is, oh, okay. uh, the TV shows that they were filming when we were on the yes, on the yeah. Shannon, and we saw uh, the production a drone. Um, yeah. do everything these days. It's kind of interesting. So anyway, she's a chef in a kind of a dingy restaurant. Uh, and Tom Von Lawler is the head chef there, but you can tell there's some sort of weird spark between them, but she has, um, she's much more self-destructive. He's gotten a wife and kids. You can tell that at any point, the, the energy between them, they could just end up, you know, kissing or something, but he, he has kind of made the decision to have a family life and have, and everything like that. So, she has sort of, I don't know whether it's spiraled out of control. It's hard to get much on her backstory, but she is a horrible person. You would not want to be her friend. She hate, She kind of pushes away her college friends. She goes on all these dates and is really mean to everyone. She's horrible to her mother, who's uh, dying from cancer, or possibly dying, or unwell, let's say. Spoiler. Yeah, and she's an alcoholic and takes coke and does everything. And yet there's something about it that just kind of, really grip me here's a very very quick clip of her kind of being chatted up by a bouncer who she had an altercation with and um, they're just in a shop I'll have a chat hello again mm. when I kicked you out of the club a few nights ago you called oh. me a fabulous cunt oh yeah oh, amazing that's fantastic well I don't know about that yeah no it's yeah. not fantastic it was a mixed insult at least very uncharacteristic behaviour of me yeah yeah that's the feeling no, that normally way. I'm much more um, uh, pregnant what? Sorry, God, idiot. No, it's just the um, the vitamins. None of mine. No. no, 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 no. Sorry, I probably looked like I was about to stab you. <laughs> no, I'm, I've seen worse, believe me. I, yeah, I just find it weird what manufacturers think that pregnant women need that other women don't. Who's he's to say I could be doing with more selenium and magnesium, getting all the good shit? I, I feel like I'm pregnant with anxiety. I need the good shit too. Right. I mean, no, I know it's so unfair. I mean, I was just going to say that if you were pregnant, perhaps, instead of all the vodka Red Bull you drank, uh, might be better to just stick to the vodka. Slightly, you know, healthier. 
Anyway, I have I have a weird. I have to admit, I have a weird. I'm not going to say attraction because it's not an attraction, but like an interest in the depiction of like, in particular, women early thirties or something who are spiraling out of control so we're talking about like the girl on the train uh that novel more so in the novel than in the terrible um adaptation of emily blunt yeah amy schumer and train wreck even bridget jones like there's this sort of thing that i think as a dynamic and as a demographic like women in their early 30s because there's all this weird pressure on women to have a partner have kids have a kid, get a house, down, get do it career. get your house get yeah. your car keep your job and yet when you see someone who doesn't want to buy into that um, i just find that really very interesting so um you got a phd out of that yeah, actually could, yeah. So Emily Beecham is, is really, really good and there's something kind of mesmerising about her. She's incredibly unlikable, so this film won't be for everyone, but it's uh, it's definitely one to kind of keep your eye out for. Anyway. Okay. Um. So anyway, did you have a movie moment of the month or will I tell you mine? You go first. Okay, so um, this thing in the IFI at the moment, Comic Cuts, it's this, uh, they're showing a comedy every Tuesday night uh, for about six weeks and then they do a bit of a talk over, about it so the first week had Alison Spittle introducing Coming to America the Eddie Murphy film it was a weird a very weird choice but in week two they did Frank Capra's uh, It Happened One Night 1934 which everyone talks about due to this or It's a Wonderful Life um, I'd never seen it have you seen It Happened One Night so it's all on I YouTube I think I have the, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert and they um, she is a wealthy wealthy Mo, like moguls like but uh, some sort of wall street chief's daughter and he and she wants to head off with this guy but she, um the dad doesn't approve of it so then she just does a runner and while being on a runner trying to get from miami to new york she gets on a bus and she meets clark gable and she actually realizes actually this kind of guy is more for me and they so it's basically the talk afterwards was about the runaway bride do they kind of hold up at a like a cabiny lodge yeah, yeah, yeah. and put yeah. a curtain up the yeah yeah I have seen this yeah there's yeah, a, yeah there's a blanket that goes up between them yeah. so this was said in 1934 during the depression um and so they couldn't kiss they couldn't do anything and anyway there's a moment when they're on the bus and uh the entire bus bursts into song and they sing this song the man on the flying trapeze this old song and you can find it on YouTube um it's absolutely brilliant but it's really just very affecting for um a film that is whatever that is 83 years old or whatever so um one to look out for um it happened one night so your movie moment of the month is um yeah it was kind of slim pickings because i always like to talk about something that i we know we didn't talk about as a review but yeah i'll go from no yeah i'm just gonna go with um this scene from the death of stalin where um I can't talk about it too much. It involves the execution of one of the main characters because yeah. it is just so startling and like visceral and real. And to have it kind of side by side with a, the humour, I was just like, wow, that's very impressive. So you'll know what I mean when you see it. Okay. Death of a character. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So um, what do you think of the new cinema, by the way, the rat, uh, in Rat Minds? The Stella. So people may have seen this online Definitely warrants having a chat about. Uh, oh, I can't 19 wait euro to go. a ticket. I think that's reasonable. Like when yeah. me and uh, we went to London recently, we all met up, went to see a great play. Yes. Me and Lisa were kind of looking to go to like a fancy cinema the night or two before and they have something similar like that where it's, you know, big comfy couches or whatever. And I think tickets for that were going to be like uh, 15, 19 pounds. And you're like, yeah, cool. Look, it's, it's a novelty, yeah. you know, and they are going to have to gear it as like, this is a novelty. An experience rather than. Yeah, like yeah. you're not going to get 
Joe Bloggs, which even attracts me even more to be a total snob, to be like, you would hope the people are going, who are shelving out 20 quid for just the ticket alone, never mind. Your cocktails what fancy and your food and everything, yeah. Your boutique popcorn you're going to get and yeah. stuff like that will kind of push people away that, you know, yeah. I'm happy to pay that for an experience kind of yeah. thing. And yeah, I suppose my, I have a reservation in that um, they're going to put three showings a day on. It holds, the cinema holds about 200. Yeah, um, I loved your wee I was doing the maths thing. and yeah, I was yeah. like, are they going to sell 662 tickets or whatever a a day? Um, which is kind of 4,000 mm. tickets a week, but, which if it's couples, you have 2,000 couples a week who will want to go to the cinema. Like yeah. I... I, I just I hope that they, they have set um KPIs and benchmarks yeah. that, that are actually real and will will if it's older legacy films it may not be under as much pressure to fill the cinema. Yeah. But if they are gonna be showing the likes of Blade Runner, like they a lot of that revenue goes of the nineteen quid they have to give back whatever eighty percent back to the distributor so then they're only making a bit of money so I, it, it is older pictures more art house well it seems uh, to be they will have novelty stuff as well but they kind of have they have a cocktail bar seemingly at the front of it so like so it's a pub separate at, to, at the front kind of so yeah. I, I would say like that's where most people make their money and like everybody knows the cinema makes its money in the popcorn it's not in like showing yeah, films yeah. so hopefully I'd say they've cost it well it looks absolutely beautiful from the pictures they've taken so absolutely, like absolutely yeah but you wouldn't know maybe they've bought like you don't know if they're paying rent if they've the building outright if they got kind of like funding from the council and stuff like that because yeah. it's like a opens early November is that what we we think I think end of October yeah end of October kind of so, thing, we, so we're going to go and yeah. we're going to report back and uh, yeah we'll, we'll maybe all go together and then That'd also the Savoy what are your thoughts on the uh, Savoy screen big, one big changes in the Dublin cinema scene here yeah so the report is Dublin um, Dublin Savoy, the probably the most oldest, most illustrious cinema screen in the country. It's where most of the premieres are held. Mm. Will be shut down and split into five and five screens, which I'm trying to figure out how they're doing that. Yeah, they're all going to be tiny in my head then. Yeah, we've a lot of positive memories from there, but like it's not somewhere you'd go like on a random Wednesday night to end up in screen one to go and see, you know, the death of Stalin. It's yeah. where you go to see Pl- War Runner. for the Planet of the Apes, yeah. Blade Runner, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Avatar, Kill Bill, The Matrix, Avatar. Exactly, and these are the memories we have. My parents saw the Towering Inferno there. The Towering Inferno. So it's the events. So I suppose what I'm mostly worried about is. Um, is that it just will now have lost all personality. Like if it's yeah. five smaller screens, five, if you've ever gone to the cinema screens upstairs, they're very generic, big plastic cup holders. The seats are very uncomfortable. Mm. So will they opt and maybe do one as a slightly more luxurious screen? And like you could show a film yeah. through a split mirrored projector where the film starts at seven o'clock in two different cinemas. Mm. And one is like the big giant fat seats for the cool people paying 19 euro and you can bring a drink in. Or will they just do five general screens and they'll just all show Ice Age 5? Like it's kind of generating this usual fake outrage thing on Twitter and Facebook. Like save it, blah, blah. And it's like, when was the fucking last time you paid money? Yeah, to go to this void that you weren't at like a 100%. press screening or blah blah, blah and yeah, and know? mine mine is Star Wars. Yeah, la- last uh, year the the um, Rogue One mm. and the year the time before that was Star Wars: uh, The Force Awakens. Mm. I don't think I paid to see a film in screen one there, and that's two in whatever twenty months. Yeah, so no, I don't lament it. It's like when I would screen like it would stay long, but you would imagine it also. It is almost the screen would have to be bought out by someone to be like, look, we're just going to keep this as like a piece of well, history. You mean the, and sorry, not the screen cinema. You mean the screen one will be screen one, will yeah. be preserved. Yeah, yeah. I think the ideal and people had talked about some sort of removable walls or like. 
But I don't think with sound insulation and stuff, you could actually do that. No. Like, you'd have to have them disappear. That would cost the so much money, you would imagine, to do well. Yeah, but it would allow... And also, how do you fill gaps that have what? So, obviously, just no point. Maybe glass walls? <laughs> and headphones? Yeah. We're talking about some pretty cutting-edge cinema mm. experiences here. I don't really know. Um, anyway, that's the, that's the Dublin cinema scene. And yeah. meanwhile, Cineworld, the escalator, is still broken. Still broken? <laughs> What's wrong with Cineworld? Jeez. Do you think they might actually just be... Cineworld really needs a facelift. It like... absolutely does. I was only there recently and I was like, God, all this chrome, the weird purple floors that are now... The carpet the hasn't been changed carpet, in so long. Like, mm. Yeah. And it was... It, it, well, we both have our Cineworld Unlimited. We give them 20 quid a month, but they're just so happy to just have... Um, it's unusual audience of the people who actually show up there. Like there are a lot of people, you know, and occasionally it's an international audience as case to some Irish people and everything. Um, but yeah, maybe they could do a job. And yet Cinema 17 is the best cinema in the country now for anything. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. just, need to... just stop doing 3D IMAX stuff and I'll go a lot more. In 3D, make yeah. it 2D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thor is going to be in 3D. Yeah. Speaking so, of Thor. Speaking of Thor, my, my pick for the next couple of weeks out um, next Thursday. So... I think that's probably the 26th or something like that, is uh, Thor Ragnarok, which um, in line with, I don't know, like this, they clearly realise, gosh, our Avenger stuff is getting a bit tired and dark and weird. Look how successful Guardians of the Galaxy was because it took the piss a bit. Look how successful Ant-Man was. Let's see what we can do here. So Thor Ragnarok looks, am I pronouncing that wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I'm just waiting for you to pronounce, <laughs> to pronounce the director's name. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi, um, so uh, New Zealand director, they're having a bit of a retrospective of his stuff in uh, The Lighthouse at the minute. Yeah, the reason I knew he was directing Thor was because The Lighthouse put up a trailer for a film called Boy. And I watched the trailer and I was like, this is very like Gone for the Winter people. And then I was like, oh, he directed it. And I was like, is it new? And it's like, no, it's his first film. Yeah. And what we do in The Shadows, um, his second film, I think, from this list that we have here in front of us as we correct ourselves. Late yeah. fake news. Um, but we lo- both love what we do in The Shadows, which is brilliant. brilliant. And he's coming for that premiere in the lighthouse that is sold out that no one's able to get into. Eye roll emoji. Mm. Um, Simon's doing the pictures for weekend. it. Okay, so we'll see some nice uh, press photography. Mm. So anyway, this has previewed and has gotten almost unanimously positive review so it's exciting i was very excited once he directed i was just like oh cool it'll be funny and you know yeah did you see which of the two tour films have you seen i've seen both of them the first one everyone loved and i saw it a bit late and i was like this is shite i saw the first one really drunk the second one didn't like it and it had natalie portman and the dark world was pretty good kenneth branagh i think in it and kind of enjoyed it oh yeah but anyway it's been four years since we've had a film this looks like gas crack so Mm. um you looking forward to anything in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so mine uh, pick for November is The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I seemingly have been hearing about for about two years now. Um, directed by... We're really struggling with pronunciations yeah, of our Georges directors. Yorgos um, who directed um, Lobster and the other film he did, which I didn't like, about a dad kind of keeping his kids. Alps? No, the Alps was really weird. And that was like the gymnast thing, the film before the Alps. I kind of hated it and thought it was a load of nonsense, um, but a lot of people loved it. So anyway, it stars Nicole Kidman and uh, Alessia Silver. And Dogtooth. Dogtooth, yes, that was well, it. We're getting very bad. Our researcher mm. and BCOs are going to have to be fired. <laughs> so it's Colin Farrell. I don't want to say too much about it because I haven't looked too much into it. It just looks very kind of ominous. And You like the lobster. Yeah, I love the lobster. Yeah. And Barry mm. Keown is in it as well. So uh, that comes out on November 3rd. Okay, very good. Um, 
so yeah we might wrap up this bit of the podcast with um another little bit of screen memory for us so the jigsaw is coming out for halloween it's the big american horror um coming our way and this comes 13 years after the original saw film which i don't care what anyone says still phenomenally innovative phenomenally memorable and a very you know a big cinema memory for us scary like yeah yeah and we're saying the two of us former producer colin daniel there was a couple of us went on a college trip mm. in the evening in the afternoon it was kind of like early night? afternoon you know when you're like oh, i've got no lectures let's go probably when we were meant to have lectures but mm-hmm. um anyway this is a um this is a clip from it which i was just looking at it earlier as i was going through this thinking about it um still kind of holds up like the premise for this film is just still so good anyway this is the game is the name of the clip uh, have a listen enjoy i don't know if we need to go and see jigsaw i thought he was dead is this a prequel a sequel yeah is it if the it ghost? was the same director i'd be intrigued but if it's just like you know yeah we'll see anyway more so maybe just watch the original saw for halloween this year um and yeah and we'll just we'll wrap it up there then i think cool yeah and we're gonna have a, another separate mini mini offshoot extra pod about blade runner as well that you can find on the site um also so thanks for listening happy halloween and uh, here's saw throw me your tape look we're gonna have to work together if we want to get out of here now just throw it to me i'm not gonna risk breaking it you throw me your tape This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.